Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting with Impact podcast. Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Elaine Taylor-Klaus with Impact ADHD, and I am thrilled to welcome today our guest expert, Michelle Novotny, who is a maverick in the field of ADHD management and a true leader and expert in the area. So I'm really thrilled and honored to have you here. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks, Elaine. It's good to be here. It is so good to have you here. So let me tell you a little about Dr. Michelle Novotny. Um, she's got a long resume and a, and a long history in this realm, but I'm going to try to encapsulate it because she's really internationally recognized as, as, a, as a leading expert in the field of ADHD in particular. Um, she was a former president of ADA, which is the Attention Deficit Disorder Association. It's really the, the adult um, nonprofit around ADHD management. She's a psychologist, a coach, um, parent of, of now a young adult with ADHD. And she's authored several books, including What Does Everybody Else Know That I Don't, which you can access on the, in the recommended reading section of impactadhd.com. And she's done a lot of work with Shire and Ironshore as a consultant because she's really has is recognized universally as a as a leading voice and expert in, in understanding ADHD and, and learning how to manage it. And so today when I asked Michelle what she wanted to talk about, she said she really wanted to talk about mornings and morning madness and has been doing a lot of work around managing mornings and what do parents need to understand and, and how to approach it to be able to manage mornings more effectively. And since that is a universal issue that so many of us dealt with, I, I jumped on it. It's like, yes, let's talk about that. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. And let's dive in and talk about managing morning madness. Okay. Thanks, Elaine. Mm -hmm. Where should we start? Where should we start? Um, how about if we start with the fact that not having smooth running mornings is normal, <laughs> uh, even without ADHD. Right. Um, but when, when you add ADHD into the mix, I think there was a recent study, and I think there were like 76% of the people said that mornings were a severe problem or at least a moderate problem with ADHD in the mix. Yeah. Um, so I know as a, when I was a parent a long time ago with my ADHD son, I remember his first time when he was in real school, because we had done Montessori school when he was littler for a bit, <laughs> and we had some flex time as to when we could bring him. Uh, so when he started with the real school, I actually had, I think I still saved it in my box of memoirs, 22 uh, tardy 
for his first <laughs> quarter in school. Yeah. And now, mind you, I'm a behavior specialist. I'm right. a psychologist. I specialize in parenting stuff. Supposed to know this stuff, I, right? <laughs> I was like going crazy trying to get him out the door on time. So that was just the most frustrating thing for me because I would set him up. I would do rewards. I would do all sorts of things. And then I would turn my back for a moment and he was gone. He was doing something. Um, and again, my son was really hyperactive. But, you know, so I realized that mornings had been a problem for a long time. So I've been at this for a while trying to figure out how do you really get everybody out the door and still be nice about it. Yeah. Because uh, another common thing is a lot of the parents, like, they yell and they scream and they get frustrated, you know, and, and if you don't have your morning set up, the rest of the day can go really amok for yeah. the kids or the parents. You know, parents are yelling and they don't want to be yelling and kids are being yelled at and they don't want to be yelled at. Um, and it's just not a good way to start off the day. No, it sets everybody up for, for just not feeling good if the mornings don't go smoothly. And it's such a challenge. And, and, I, and I do want to say that while we're talking specifically about, parent, uh, about kids with ADHD, and you mentioned that this is really an issue for all families, and particularly families of kids with you know, anxiety and, and kids with learning disabilities who are anxious about going to school or don't want to go. You know, it, it's not just ADHD. It's, it's all of these complex kids. Mornings have, are just loaded for a lot of them, right? Okay. So then, absolutely. So I, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of disagreement from your listeners no. that mornings are a problem. <laughs> um, and again, you know, most parents feel pretty inadequate. They wish they could be praising more and they wish they could give the other kids attention. And again, so there's the whole thing that it's a problem. So what I've been working on for a long time have been some of the strategies. How do we help turn that around um, mm -hmm. so that it's less stressful and less overwhelming for everybody? Um, so that's where I've put an awful lot of energy. And in coaching, a lot of times I'll have a family and I'll be talking to the kids via Skype in the morning when they're on their PJs and doing some check-ins with them or the moms. And um, it's been really, really fun trying to help people come up with a real plan for how do you want to approach your morning and go forward from there. So what are some of the pieces of advice or wisdom that you would start people off with? Where can people, you know, in our work, in our coaching practice, we talk about taking aim. And you don't want to, and we often say, we use this example, actually, you don't want to take aim on mornings because that's too big and overwhelming. So like, how do you target them in to really see some, some results? Well, one of the things I talk about for your taking aim would be to sort of do an autopsy and find out where do things tend to go amok? So okay. if you've had a really bad day, you know, sit down with the kids if they're old enough to talk or, you know, if you have a partner, just look at what all went wrong and then just sort of write them all down or just think about it. You know, you were 30 minutes late and they couldn't find their backpack or all of a sudden they remembered they had the homework or, and again, there are so many variables that can mm -hmm. be going wrong in the morning. But fortunately, every parent doesn't have every possible morning issue go wrong. They Most usually the have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've never yet met a parent who said every don't like it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you come up with the two or three things that are problems, and there's some core that tend to be real big issues, and time mm -hmm. is one of them. Right. Um, I call it magical time. A lot of people tend to think that their kids can take a shower in 10 minutes, or they can take their shower in 10 minutes. You know, they think they can be dressed and brush their teeth and whatever. Uh, so the first thing I do is let's get real about this. So mm -hmm. actually time your kids. How long does it really take them to get dressed? You know, mm -hmm. how long does it really take them to shower? How long does it really take them to do whatever? 
And so that way, you know how much time you have. Because a lot of times, just from doing the keeping time, they'll see, oh, well, we're always about 15 minutes late. Oh, I thought the showers would take this. I thought they would eat by this. Oh, that's an extra 15 minutes there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's an easy adjustment, except you have to wake up earlier. But yeah. <laughs> you know, if it takes that long, you either have to speed it up or uh, get up earlier. Uh, so really having a realistic sense of time. I also recommend the use of timers. And again, the cell phones have been wonderful mm-hmm. because you can set alarms for how they should be moving along in the day. Well, uh, and-, and that really helps. I just want to tap into what you just said. I don't want to gloss over it because what you said is you either have to speed it up or you have to allow more time. And I think a lot of parents spend a lot of time just trying to speed up their kids, right? Go faster, go harder, go, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. And inevitably you try to speed up your kids and what's going to happen? They're going to slow down, right? It doesn't work sometimes. And sometimes if you let the kids know, and again, I really am a big believer in empowering kids and helping them become more independent. And so problem solve this with them, not at them. And so, you know, if you sit there and say, okay, look, we have a 15 minute time gap here. It's really taking you this long. You know, what are some options? How do we problem solve this? And, uh, you know, it's going to be wake up earlier. They go, no. All right. Are there anything you can do to be faster? And they'll say, never shower. Or, you know, it's just like, okay, no, that's not acceptable. You know, how do we do it? Um, But I will confess there have been times that I've ended up, you know, showering and dressing my kids at night before they went to bed so that I could get them out in the morning when I really, really had to go. Oh, I Um, used to do that all the time. Actually, um, you know, so that, you know, so again, you have to problem solve together with them and then set alarms. And then I'd like to set an alarm to let them know it's almost time to do whatever. And then the alarm that it's time, because if you just say the time to go alarm, oftentimes they could be in the middle of something else and it's hard to stop. So if you give them a one or two minute warning, that helps. And I also never, ever, ever recommend like being at the bus stop exactly on time. So I always like to put in a 10, 15 minute cushion depending on what it is because on time, time is just the recipe for stress and disaster. And on time, time say, is a recipe for stress and disaster. That's awesome. Yeah, because it, it just takes one thing to throw it amok. I mean, one missing shoe, one missing paper, one spilt milk. I mean, it takes nothing to throw that system off. Yeah, Um, it's just too it's too precarious. And so then I get the pushback that says, but I'm going to be bored and I don't want to have to wait. And so then it's like, all right, well, what would you be doing while you were if it was on the front end? And they said I could be playing a game or I could be doing whatever. And It's like, well, you can do that on the back end. (laughs) You know, so if you really have 10 minutes extra, you know, think of something fun to do on the back end. Mm -hmm. So so put in some cushion, put in some padding. Get the kids problem solving with them, not at them, right? And and really taking aim on identifying with your autopsy, what are the sort of key issues that are showing up in your family, the two or three things that are really causing the challenges? Right. Now, this is something that they may not like, but sometimes parents have to actually get up ahead of time and get ready so that you're yeah. not trying to get ready while your kids are getting ready. Um, yep. And I know they might not like to hear that, but you know, sometimes that's needed. Um, Because again, if you're trying to get ready while they're trying to get ready, you know, especially sometimes when you're trying to get the routine started, you know, you might be best if you're already done, you know, had your coffee or tea and (laughs) you're dressed and then uh, you can seize the day and then you might be less likely to be spazzing out if you have to be at work or if you have to be somewhere 
Um, so sometimes it helps if the parents can be ahead. I, I have um, to uh, uh, confirm that. I have had many, many conversations with parents over the years where what, you know, through coaching, what they've come to is, you know, what if I just get up 15 minutes earlier? And it, it really is incredible what a difference 15 minutes can make. I mean, I've seen it work Absolutely, because it gives... Again. Yeah, because it gives you some quiet time to get yourself centered, you know, so that you're ready. Because if you wake up and you're like, ah, and then your kids are up and they're like, ah, and everybody's all together, um, you know, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, not for, it's not everybody. I think what you're saying, though, is to really think about what's happening in your dynamic and to, to really create the solutions based on where your trouble spots are. Right, because like some people have a hard time with clothing, like some of the kids have clothing sensitivities, and, mm-hmm. or they can't decide. You know, so sometimes we have things like sweater stackers, where you put different outfits in them, or, um, oh, there's wonderful apps these days, too. Like there's one called Closet that you can take pictures of the different items, and it can, can even keep track of when you wore what, you know, and you can play around with it so that you can come up ahead of time with what you're going to wear and again, in the ADHD world, I would never just come up with one outfit that you're going to wear the next day. I'd at least have two to choose from uh, because choices are say, nice. There was a period where my kids were in uniforms for a few years, which I loved ah. because it made life so much easier. <laughs> and, and there was even a period where not only did I let them shower at night, but sometimes, if true confession here, during those really rough years, I had one kid I would put to bed in, in her uniform, not the pants, but the top, so that when she got up the next morning, all she had to do was put on pants, because, you know, that's what it needed. Well, I even sent mine with shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's like, you got to do what you got to do. You do. Um, and there's not, and a, there's also, no parenting police here. It's about, you know, making, making it work smoothly in the morning so everybody's not screaming at each other. Right. Now, one thing we did, uh, Jared, again, had a lot of ADHD and he was on medication. But our problem with him was, you know, when they got up, I was getting him ready without his meds mm-hmm. on board. So that by the time he was at school, he had them. Uh, right. So we ended up doing a short acting med early in the morning. So we would actually wake him up an hour, like 40 minutes early to give him a med. My problem was when sleep. he still yeah. got up. Yeah, oh, no, he yeah. never did. <laughs> but it still was, it was better. It was much better because at least then he had some medication on board and he was less crazy. And I wasn't going to have the school saying, why is your kid tardy 22 times? <laughs> right. Uh, um, but also I think parents need to keep things in perspective. I mean, this is a phase and they will get better. My son now actually goes to work and he's on time and, you know, we, we've survived. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, you will get through, you will get through true. that. But if you've damaged the relationship with them, um, because you haven't figured out strategies that work and you don't have the right attitude, you know, that's going to do more harm because uh, you're going to want your kids to be involved in your life down the road. So if you're just a screaming machine that's spazzing out because you can't get the morning figured out, you know, read some stuff. There's a lot of good articles. Get some help. Talk to your doctors. Get a coach. Um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. I, I still remember the one morning, probably our worst morning is I came down. Jared had been quiet and I knew he was up but I didn't want to get up. That was a mistake. Um, but when I came down, he had decided he was going to be ice skating in our kitchen floor. <gasps> so he had poured milk and poured pudding all <gasps> over the kitchen floor. And he was diving around the whole kitchen floor. I mean, he was covered head to toe with this pudding milk mixture. Lovely. Our entire floor was covered. And I just looked at it. And so I went up and told Bobby, I was like, okay, so which one of us is going to be late for work today? Right. And I said, you know, I, and then after we worked that one out, it's like, you know, one day we're going to laugh about this. Right. And you do. And you do. It just takes a few years. <laughs> 
but again, uh, the, the the more we started preparing, you know, the better it got. So, right. you know, once we figured out the clothes ahead of time and then breakfast food, um, you know, a lot of the kids don't want to eat breakfast food at breakfast, but you know, it's okay if they eat pizza or it's okay if they eat leftovers, yeah. you know, breakfast food doesn't have to be that. And if the kids help make it the night before, that yeah. again, li- limits stress. Um, I, I had again, a there's so many apps. Make a crock pot meal every night for breakfast in the morning because she wanted to start her protein. So that was her. Mm -hmm. So so I need to pause this for a minute because believe it or not, we've only got a few minutes left. And I want to let people who are looking for more of your fabulous wisdom know how to find more from you. Where would they go to find more from you? Okay, they can find more from me on my website. Um, It's michellenovotny.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-N-O-V-O-T-N-I.com. Awesome. And then there's a there's a link and they can get me and I'm happy to help people with coaching. And, and a lot of people tend to think that the coach has to be in your geographic area and we don't, um, you know, nope. it can be remote. So now we work everywhere. Phones, right. So uh, with technology now, it's really easy to have contact with folks all over the place. That's true. Great. So michellenovotny.com. And you can also find some resources for Michelle on impactadhd.com. Her bio is there. Her contact information will be there. There's links to her books in our recommended reading section. So there's a lot more available on Impact ADHD to find out more. So we we just have a few minutes left. And as we come back, you've mentioned a whole bunch of strategies. And I've been listening. I've been trying to figure out, like, because we had one of those families were families where morning was a nightmare and then we really made a huge shift in that and really mornings became a joy truly like sort of fun in our house and we were no longer late because everybody was late we became late because we were having a good time we were still late but at least it was for a different reason (laughs) but I was trying to think about like what was the number one shift what really made the difference for for us Um, and there were so many strategies we used over the years you know using the William Tell overtures to help to give them a time limit to get dressed, but that was fun and playful, and, you know, things like that. But the one that I think really made a difference for us was after we sat down, as you said, with a family and, sa- and solved it with them. And sort of, I sat down one day and I said, this morning was lousy for me. Did anybody else have a good morning? And everybody was like, you know, it was a miserable morning. Like, and, I, and I looked at the family and I said, do y'all want to change this? Because I, I don't think any of us are having a good time. And Getting their buy-in had a huge impact on shifting it. It wasn't me coming to them and saying, we have to do something about mornings. It was me coming to them and saying, does anybody else want to change this? And that really set the tone for us to begin to shift the dynamic. And, and, and it really made a difference. And then what I did was I printed out little, not printed, I wrote out little cards that said, great morning or good job this morning or something like that. And I would sort of keep them. And when we had a good morning, I would leave them at their place at the table so that when they got home from school, they actually got a reminder of what a good job they had done in the morning. And it was oh, just a nice really reward, nice, too. Yeah, it was a really sweet, simple, f- free reward. So, so that's sort of my favorite strategy. But I thought I would sort of close this with asking you, what, what's sort of a universal one or something that you find has a really, really profound, has had a profound impact on the people you work with? Um, I think I, I call it backward planning, mm-hmm. where you really look at what it's going to take to be out the door five or ten minutes early and then sort of go back from there with real time not fake time and not imaginary time and not if everything's perfect time. Uh, but, you know, so that you actually have a realistic grid to start with, you know, and we use that for things like cooking too, you know, like if you're going to have a dinner on the table, you still have to go backwards. Um, but starting with the end in mind and then just time syncing it backwards. And also containers are good. 
things to catch things. So like when they come home and they have football equipment, you know, if you have a laundry basket where all the football equipment goes, that way you don't have to worry where it goes, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or if you have banned stuff. Um, So again, a lot of the homes just have tons and tons of hampers or bags or containers, you know, and again, of course, in the organizational magazines, they have them all labeled and looking beautiful and stuff, but yeah, but that's not so important. It can look different, but you need a place to catch the stuff when it's incoming, like a landing pad. And then your landing pad can get turned into a launch pad. So places to contain the stuff um, would be critical. And then planning backwards. And and the most critical is having the kids involved in the process. Because if they think it's a good idea, it is so much more likely to work. Even if your idea is better, if if they came up with an idea, it's actually likely to be more successful because they own it. Brilliant. And that is a great place to to close the conversation. So, Michelle, thank you again so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Lane. And our guest has been Dr. Michelle Novotny, who is a leading voice and thought leader and expert in ADHD management. Um, You can find out more from her at michellenovotny.com or from a lot of resources she has that we have on on impactadhd.com. And I want to thank you for listening and for being part of this conversation and encourage you to take aim on one thing, one place, one change that you want to see in mornings. Take it slow, take it steady, and begin to create the change you're looking for in your family. Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.